Hello, everyone, and welcome to Answers for Life with Pastor Shelley, where we take life's difficult questions and give meaningful answers using the Word of God. I'm your host, Noah Wagner. We are here with Pastor Shelley, and this is our first ever Answers for Life podcast. Pastor Shelley, we are very glad and very excited that this is starting and that we're here. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Pastor Shelley, it is great to be here. It is great to be here. This is something new for both of us. We're excited about it and see where this goes and what God has in store for us. Yes. Uh, For all of you who do not know, uh, Pastor Shelley is the pastor of First Baptist Bonifay in Bonifay, Florida, which is uh, in the panhandle of Florida, northwest Florida. And, uh, And he has been pastor here for how long? 18 years. 18 years. That is awesome. And uh, I'm your host, Noah Wagner. I'm the youth pastor here at First Baptist as well. Uh, pastor Shelley, we are looking at difficult questions and, and giving biblical answers. Uh, today, we wanted to look at a question that a lot of people have been having concerning church and what church looks like going forward with the coronavirus pandemic and the different things that, that we have been yes. facing. We've seen so many different churches take different approaches to the virus. Uh, right. We know that, that this virus is very real. Uh, the numbers continue to grow. We're at 5.4 million cases wow. in America. Wow. We're at uh, 579,000 cases in Florida. Uh, so there, the, the virus is very real, and our response to it uh, needs to be very real. And I know a lot of things have changed. Pastor Shelley, what does that look like right now? Well, for the church, uh, everybody is doing things a little different. Uh, as far as we go, First Baptist, we've stopped worship, we came back, we had a spread in the church, and we closed back down, and now this Sunday, uh, we're going to fire back up and, and come together. Well, what, is it, what does it mean? Our money is okay, our baptisms, they're, they're okay, ministry outreach has changed for our church and I believe many, many churches. Mm -hmm. We have to change how we do business. We look at um, Walmart. We look at department stores. We look at all these businesses that had to shift and do things differently to make money and to take care of their customers. Well, the church is not immune from that. We also have and we need to make changes uh, to to uh, minister to people the good news mm-hmm. gospel. People still need the gospel today in the COVID nineteen era, and we have to deliver it. Yes, and uh, like we said before, there's a lot of different churches who are taking different approaches to this pandemic. As we saw recently, John MacArthur came out with an article uh, declaring that their church was going to go back in California with no social distancing, with civil disobedience, with no masks. Uh, Other churches like Greg Laurie's church, which is also in California, they're meeting outdoors uh, with social distancing and with masks. And then you have churches like uh, the Summit Church with J.D. Greer, and they've decided to go to just house churches and not meeting in person for corporate worship until 2021. And so, uh, you know, a lot of churches have taken different approaches, and we're not saying that we have the, the perfect answer or, or what we need to do or what you need to do in your particular context. Right. But Pastor Shelley, uh, I know that you have some, some ideas of what church needs to look like in the future. So what does that look like for us? Well, as I thought about the virus and as I read about 
the underground church and the persecuted church, I saw a parallel, and I kind of applied the virus to our persecution. Mm-hmm. I, I started seeing a lot of parallels there and how our church couldn't traditionally worship like we normally do, and, and we couldn't do ministry like we wanted to do. And everything kind of went underground when the virus came, just like the persecuted church. So I came up with four things, and it's kind of titled from macro ministry, big ministry, to micro ministry, individual small ministries. And I have four ways that I think that we need to start looking at as far as our ministry. Number one, and I want you to comment on these. Number one, going from traditional worship to family worship or home worship. Mm-hmm. Not doing away with traditional worship. I'm not saying that, but not depending totally on traditional worship to to guide and direct and to be the centerpiece of the church. Yeah, and, and by traditional worship, you, you know, we're talking about the corporate worship gathering that that would typically be done on a Sunday morning or or a Sunday evening. And yes, absolutely, going from that corporate worship and focusing in, especially on a time like this where we cannot gather together in large groups and focusing on the family group or the small group. The underground persecuted church, it is rare for them to be able to come together in some kind of corporate worship. And of course, they they will do that if they're allowed. And it is a great time of celebration, but they don't depend on that mm-hmm. for the health of their church moving forward. And I think lesson number one, we need to get back to the Acts 2 and what should take place in our homes. Oh yeah, Nobody can argue with that and not to depend on traditional worship to carry the day. Yes, sir. Number two, what do you think of this one? From building fellowship to building relationship. Personal interactions with friends are more powerful than corporate fellowship. And you know, we're Baptists. You know how how the American church is in general. We live and die for our fried chicken, our dinners on the ground, our big fellowship, our men's ministry, and our wild game cookouts, and all these big, big things where we fellowship together. But if you think about it, not a lot of Kononia personal individual relationships are built in those celebrations, those entertaining events. Right. It just doesn't happen. What's your thought on that? Well, I, I totally agree. I remember growing up, whenever we would have a church fellowship, uh, I automatically assumed that that fellowship meant food. Mm-hmm. And, and fellowship did not mean the, the koinonia and the understanding like we see in the early church. It meant a big event or, or a meal or something like that. And uh, I, I 100% agree that, that we need to get back to relational building and, and being able to develop friendships, and, and that's the way that people really encounter the gospel. Absolutely. The, the glue that holds the church together is relationship. Relationship mm-hmm. with God, relationship with Christ, and relationship with the church, other believers. Mm-hmm. Fellowship, hey, we're not throwing away fellowship. We're not saying, hey, never have a fellowship again. But again. Don't depend on that to produce 
koinonia in the body. Right. I've heard it said that uh, God loves relationships so much that he himself is relationship and body being the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're close together. Uh, It's a relationship rather than just, you know, existing together. And I think that's what the church really needs to be, not just existing together in under the, the umbrella of church, but but actually doing life together in relationships. Yes. Listen to this. You can have fellowship without relationship, but you will never have relationship without fellowship. Right. And that's how lonely people can come to our church and participate in the fellowship mm-hmm. and never have relationship. The underground church is totally committed building a network of relationships that hold that church together through good times and bad. Mm -hmm. Number three, the big event ministry needs to move to small hospitality ministry. And I say it this way, to go from the arena to the man cave, to go from this Big men's ministry, wild game event with uh, Rick and Bubba speaking. Right. Nothing wrong. I love Rick and Bubba. You know, nothing wrong with that. To a small, hospitable moment in a man cave to watch a ball game, watch a sports event, mm-hmm. have a Bible study, and have, it, have an event at a home. That is what the early church did and the underground church did. And for some reason, we have thrown that away and put all our eggs in one basket called big events. Mm -hmm. And we have taken, do you know how many times the word hospitality is used in the New Testament? Uh, Well, I know that it is used, but I'm not sure how many times. Eight times it is mentioned. It is a gift of the Spirit for the church, and we kind of just read over it. We don't, we don't see it as that important when we are commanded as believers to open our homes and show hospitality. Yes, especially in this time. You know, we've talked about how the opportunities and the needs for ministry have grown, mm-hmm. but the corporate ability to actually fulfill those ministries has changed. The outreach has changed. We're not able to do, you know, the big events like we, we have been. And that's where it comes down to the family who, who is able to reach out to people who are in need or people who are, are just their neighbors and be hospitable, open up their home, sacrifice you know, time or money or, or things like that, and actually do the work that, that God has called them to do. Yes. We have had big events in our church, and after the event, I've talked to someone that attended the event, and they didn't feel welcome. They felt uncomfortable. They didn't right. feel like... Uh, uh, they were supposed to be there, or people didn't speak to them or encourage them like maybe they should. That would never happen in the home. If you call somebody to come to your house to watch a ball game, to sit there and watch a boxing match together with you, they're, they're going to feel special the minute you call them. Right. And the minute they walk in your door and the minute they sit down and have that time with you, they're, they're not going to fall through the cracks, and it's going to be small, but it'll be individual. It'll be special. I mean, think about big events trying to reach the community right? and 200 families 
our our church roughly about 200 families 200 300 families 200 300 families trying to reach their neighbor or their neighborhood right. with the gospel which one's more powerful well definitely the the individual hospitable ministry that's right and you know what it will fuel big gatherings absolutely and you know you know what's crazy about that is uh once you have them there you you talked about making them a priority they're never going to feel like they're on the back burner or anything like that they're going to feel like the vip but also you've got them trapped in your house almost absolutely that is an an open door to be able to share the gospel with them as well. Uh, yeah, they're on they're eating your food, they're on your turf. Yes. And um you have and, the home field advantage. <laughs> absolutely. Well put. Let me give you a verse that goes with hospitality. Uh this is uh 3 John verse 8. We ought to therefore show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. There it is. John said it. He told us what we need to be doing. Number four, we need to go from event evangelism to personal evangelism, one-on-one evangelism. Mm -hmm. For too long in the church, we as a staff, as leadership in the church, we kind of orchestrate these big events and say, hey, just, just bring your friend and we will share the gospel with them. Right. Now, let me ask you a question. Is it easier to respond to the gospel in a living room one-on-one with a person than at a men's event with two, three, four, five hundred people? Which is easier for a person? Definitely the the one-on-one interaction. I mean, if I'm in a big room with 500 people and they, they ask me to respond or come forward, I'm probably not going to move. Uh, just because absolutely so many people watching. But when you're one-on-one with an individual, you can really call them to make a commitment in an awesome way and, and get responses. The underground church and the early church, evangelism was 100% personal evangelism. They didn't have big events. They didn't have you know, crusades, you know, yeah, they had crusades. All right. But it it wasn't <laughs> right. a revival. It wasn't what we know about crusades. <laughs> and so, so that is our roots and that's the way it works. Now, when you do personal evangelism and you do have a corporate event, guess what? These people you went to the Lord are ready right. for a corporate event of worship. Mm-hmm. I, I believe these four things that the underground church has figured out long ago based on Acts chapter 2 and other passages in the book of Acts that we've kind of slipped away from. I believe the virus might be, a, find something good about the virus. If the virus brings us back to the root of Acts in the early church and how they worshiped, how they built relationships, how they ministered, and how they did evangelism, we're going to be better for it. Oh, yeah. And the biggest growth that has ever taken place in the history of the church happened when that exact thing was happening in the early church. And obviously there were more opportunities and a little bit different of a setting, but there's a reason that that's, the, that's how God set up the church to Absolutely. be like that. 
Yeah. We need to go back and read Acts again, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> good, good, good. So what does that look like for us now? What can we be sure of looking at those four things, those four points that you just gave us, looking at the early church, looking at the underground church? What are some takeaways that we can have some guarantees maybe in this time? I know it, I know it seems like how can you be sure of anything? But Pastor Shelley, is there anything that we can be sure of in this time? Yeah, I think I think there's four things that we can count on in the future. Number one, uh, something else will happen. You know, three years ago we had a hurricane, and we thought of the hurricane for the for the centuries, you know, and all that stuff, and and we thought that was our big event, right? And now we're right back dealing with another big event, and there's going to be another big event, and the underground church they they do not count on anything being consistent and they are set up to deal with all these issues and problems and troubles. Right. Something else will happen. And I believe we need to be ready. We shouldn't go back to normal. Mm -hmm. We need to be prepared to be ready for the next event so that God's church just moves on. Right. In ministry. Number two you can guarantee, the scripture tells us, people are going to fall away when tough times come, like it has. Some people are going to leave the church. Some people are going to fall away. Some people are going to go somewhere else. And you just got to move on without them. Right. Number three, the church will not go away. That We can be guaranteed that God's church is not going anywhere. And no matter what kind of trouble we have, uh, the church is going to survive until Jesus returns yeah, for the church. Definitely. The you church know, has lasted yeah. over 2,000 years. It's not going anywhere anytime That's right. soon. The very point that he returns for his church right. tells us that church ain't going anywhere. Yep. All right, good. Glad we straightened that out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then uh, number four, what can we guarantee? What, what can I give you as a guarantee? Well, here it is. God is in control. And he's going to win the day, no matter what the future holds. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got a verse. And remember, uh, oh, Peter the rock that so many times looked like a pebble? Right. Well, in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said this to him. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. We can count on that today. Yes, sir. God is in control, and uh, the virus isn't going to stop us. The things of the future aren't going to stop us because God is in control, and he wins in the end. Thank you, Pastor Shelley, for this time and, and being able to answer difficult questions using the Word of God. Thank you all for listening. This is our first podcast. We will be back every week with a new installment of Answers for Life, and uh, we want to challenge you guys to comment, review, subscribe, share this podcast with people so that they can uh, hear about what we're doing here and what the gospel is going to bring forth. And so thank you all for listening. And remember, Jesus is the answer. Amen.